Welcome to The Fix Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Robeck. Each week on our show, we invite a special guest to share their knowledge on health, wellness, and better daily habits so you can have the life you deserve. Let's get started. Sam, welcome back to our show. Happy to be here, Sean. Excited to get talking. Yeah. Uh, today's topic is testosterone. Uh, we're going to focus specifically on testosterone. It's often misunderstood, and uh, I think it's a great topic for us to discuss so we can create some clarity on it. And uh, we're going to talk about what inhibits testosterone, how we can enhance it in our body naturally, and when hormone replacement therapy is appropriate. So why don't we get started with this? What exactly does testosterone do for us? So as most people know, it's really important for male sexual development. Um, females need it as well. So it's important for building our muscles, for building um, strong bones. And um, a lot of the misinformation, it comes from directly that as well, building too much muscle and maybe too strong of bones. So definitely um, a hormone that's been abused in the past. So there's a lot of misinformation, a lot of myths about what can happen with too much of it. Um, so we want to clear that up today, but plain and simple, whether you are, well, I'm going to back that up even further. There are not male and female hormones. We just have hormones and they do affect us differently if you're a male or female. Right. With that being you, said. No, if I think that's great, I'm going to cut you off. I apologize. Yeah. but. The fact that you started with um, talking about how females need testosterone as well, that's, that's a gross misunderstanding and also miscommunicated quite often. And females, when they hear, oh, my testosterone is low, sometimes I hear, well, I want it to be low. And, I'm, and it's one of those educational moments. So I, I definitely, throughout the show, we're going to dive into that to make sure we can clear up that miscommunication. Yeah, it's probably similar to the like, I don't want to go to the gym and get too big. It's right. like, Hold up, hold up. <laughs> like, don't worry about that just yet. Right. Um, but it's definitely important for uh, all the hormones are important for both male and female. So just understand that. Um, and uh, for both of us, male and female, it's important for really building muscle and um, making sure we have healthy, strong bones. It's also really impactful in a lot of other areas too, like your mood, your sleep, and how your body actually recovers, how you rebuild tissue. So how you recover from a workout, but also how you bounce back from maybe being sick or from being stressed out. So this is a hormone that like a lot of hormones actually covers a lot of bases. And we can just say that those main functions are kind of the strength and repair. That's right. And one a question we get all the time is, well, it's natural as I age for my, for my levels to decrease. It's part of the natural aging process would taking how, and the question ultimately is what does normal aging mean for you? And what am I doing on a daily basis to age myself faster? And, um, are my levels at a point where they can be optimized through better daily habits? And we're going to get into that today. Uh, but look, coming back, uh, and, and defining what a hormone is for our listeners, a hormone is ultimately a chemical messenger uh, between from cell to cell. And so if our cells can't talk to one another because our hormones are out of balance or low, then those cells can't do their job and our organs can't function optimally. And we can't present ourselves to the world in the way in which we want. And I think the best way to 
describe what hormones do, it allows us to present ourselves to the world and have this experience on earth the way in which we want. And when they're out of balance or just simply balanced based on our age, we can't, our oftentimes can't express ourselves the way that we'd want. Yeah. Um, I like what you said there about the hormone. It's exactly that, that messenger. So in between all of your organs, if you have an issue in one organ, it's going to be that messenger that brings that over to another area of the body that can initiate helping that system. So it's really important that these messengers can work appropriately and travel freely. And also don't shoot the messenger. You can't blame our hormones for the problems because ultimately they're relaying the message. So they're really important thing to understand or to be able to interpret where the levels are and read those messages. And then we can figure out what organ needs help, how we support it. We're going to talk about how we support that from um, a natural, maybe a habit um, approach, as well as how we support that with some of the solutions that we have in the office, more like replacing the hormones with uh, biologically identical replacements. So we'll get into all of that stuff. Well, you're, uh, you know, we've been together for a decade and I just love how we still learn from one another. Um, I've never used that analogy of don't shoot the messenger because that's what it is, man. It's a messenger telling things to do certain jobs. But if we get in the way of that, that's our fault. It's not the hormones fault. Don't shoot the messenger. And so let's talk about what happens when testosterone is low in our body. So things that you might notice, um, having like very low physical energy to start with, um, just feeling like even when you get a lot of sleep, you're really fatigued. That's maybe one of the first times you notice that it's like, okay, I've caught up on my sleep. I'm getting over 10 hours, three nights in a row. I'm still exhausted or coffee's not affecting me anymore. That type of fatigue, that might be something you notice. Um, your aches and pains that before were very um, sporadic, maybe every once in a while, every couple months, now are all the time. Anytime you play a little bit of a pickup sport, anytime you don't get that perfect night's sleep. So noticing that more. Um, physical symptoms you might see in the mirror are more like weight gain, regardless of your workout. Maybe you're really pushing it. You feel like, you know, you have a trainer, you have a good workout routine, you're eating well, but it's not showing up in the mirror. You look the same. And that's just not really adding up with the output that you're putting out. Um, Another physical one that you're going to see in the mirror is thinning of your hair or losing hair. So, you know, noticing clumps of hair when you're washing it, noticing when you brush your hair, you're getting a lot coming out. Um, especially if that happens quickly, uh, like a big change quickly, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. Um, some other ones would be as far as, um, how we feel mood wise Mm -hmm. could be a lot of anxiety mixed with like a depression type of feel. So always being kind of anxious, not being able to live in the moment, um, mixed with being kind of depressed, not just not uh, being happy when you feel like you should. So I would say those are probably the most uh, uh, really common symptoms. Uh, I guess another one I would add would be focus. So if you feel uh, all of a sudden really hard to focus at work or brain fog. You're uh, you hit it right in the head with, you have your physical symptoms and you have your psychological symptoms. Uh, And in the, uh, 
talking about myself a bit, um, we're in the fortunate situation where we can look at our, we can get blood draws uh, more than most. And we can look at our chemistry mm-hmm. and our panels and really take a look at what's happening inside our bodies and, and uh, how our hormones are either out of balance, balanced or optimized. And as a result of, of that privilege, and I'm thankful for it, um, I know um, when I have brain fog or I'm not thinking clearly, I, I'm having a hard time formulating a sentence or the thought of me not being motivated to get out of bed to do what I'm so passionate about. I know it's a testosterone issue, whether it be how my body is assimilating these hormones, using them, talking, and ultimately um, expressing them. Um, it becomes once you know your your um, your values and what you know your chemistry, you can actually know what your labs will look like based on your symptoms. And for one, for both men and women, because we're not going to focus purely on males today, if you are suffering with brain fog. Uh, you were on, you, at one point you were able to multitask and no longer. Uh, these are things where t- checking your hormones is essential to make sure you can can do these things and have and be able to have proper uh, cognitive function. Yeah, like if you're sitting in your car right now and that's how you're taking this in, you're listening to it, and you find yourself like spacing out a bunch, like oh, what they just say, and you have to keep going back. Right. And it wasn't like that before. Or you find yourself spacing out a lot when you're driving of like, what do I have to do when I get there? Um, Where before that wasn't easy. This could be some of those early signs. So these are some of the symptoms you might notice. That's right. The uh, biggest, what our podcast is designed to make sure we can help people with better daily habits so they can implement the minute the show is over. And Mm -hmm. um, there are things that I've, I wish I would have learned a long time ago. Thankful to have learned them now and have them as part of who I am uh, because it's really important to understand what impacts our testosterone levels from environmental factors to daily habits and things that we can do to change to make sure we optimize them without relying on hormone replacement therapy. So let's dive into that. Um, I Let's um, go right for the elephant in the room. <laughs> Being <laughs> overweight is one of the biggest things that is going to really decrease our testosterone. Um, I don't mean to make light of this, but we talk about this all the time. Weight gain is a symptom. It is a sign that our body is not metabolizing food the way that it should. And there are a lot of different ways that this can come about, but it's a symptom that we, again, don't shoot the messenger. We need to look back at what that problem is. But that being said, when we have extra adipose tissue, that increases what's called aromatization. So how much of our testosterone gets converted into estrogen. So if we can just decrease the amount of adipose tissue, you're going to decrease that amount of free testosterone that gets converted. So kind of the rich get richer, the leaner you are, the more muscle you have, the more of your free testosterone you're going to hold on to and the less gets converted. Um, and I bring this up and it's really important for, um, you know, future patients, patients to understand that we get that if you're not in the shape that you want to be, you understand that working out is a part of this, but you don't have that internal energy mentally, you know, you need to do it. You want to do it, but you just don't feel that drive. Even when someone's telling you a big part of that is low testosterone. So in the clients that we help, what we see is that when we're able to balance and increase optimized testosterone, now that person has the energy to go work out. 
and start to put together these other pieces that would decrease testosterone. Right. With one of those being overweight. So not to be long-winded there, but essentially creating a really positive feedback loop. Right. We just need to correct it from a different side with some people. But we're going to talk about things that you can start to do right now. Um, and we have plenty of resources that we can do for better workout. And we'll talk about eating habits and sleep next. The uh, We have somebody come in the office. Example would be um, statement being made. I'm overweight. I think I need testosterone. That is not that. And I don't, I don't want to sound condescending, but that's, um, that's not how it flows. The, the, that is, you, we're not going to supplement with testosterone because we want to lose weight. Again, as you stated earlier, weight gain, obesity, this is, this is a symptom, something that is presenting to us to show us a sign that something's not right. And we have to dive into what that cause is. And we're going to look at daily habits that are creating this problem of weight gain. And then after we've cleaned the system out per se, then we're going to look at the levels to make sure that um, our body has given been given the chance to produce its normal levels or optimize their levels of testosterone or, or other hormones. And if the body is unable to do it at that point, then we may consider other options. Yeah, exactly. Um, making sure exactly like you're saying, giving yourself the fuel so that you have the chance to produce it naturally and then adding what's needed to make, to help you get there. Um, again, through natural methods. Um, with that being said, I would say that the next thing, um, which leads right into how our body looks is what we're eating. So how we're fueling our system. If you're not giving your body fuel to have your organs be healed and work correctly, they're not going to be able to produce and release these hormones the way that they're supposed to. And as we kind of said in the beginning where it's not male and female, but their hormones are for everyone. Um, and we need all of them. We just need them to be in a balanced amount. So when we don't have the materials to produce these hormones, we're not giving our body an ability to um, calibrate because it's not going to have everything it needs on hand. So as with anything that we're doing for performance, how you fuel it is one of the most important things. Um, and I think it goes by the wayside in our society, just because it takes a little longer to see the impact of what we put in our body to exactly how we feel until you get more in tune with that. And, um, you know, that's something we help people with all the time. Thank you. And, and not to be redundant, but that's a very, it's a great point to follow up. What I, what I stated is that if, uh, your daily or your, your nutritional habits are poor and then we, um, supplement with testosterone, um, it's no better than simply taking an opioid to try to get out of pain, uh, because right. you're just simply masking, uh, you're just, you're not finding the cause of the problem. And so right. we have to address what foods we're taking in and are we using food simply as fuel, hopefully not sugary fuel, but are we using food as medicine and that medicine right. allowing ourselves to, uh, produce what we need to produce to function and live the life that we want. Yeah. If, um, you know, we use vehicle examples all the time. And if you think of that testosterone as our testosterone, any hormone as, um, a really, a really high up there fuel, um, a really expensive jet fuel, uh, for putting that in a vehicle, it's not really doing it the best service. If we're not at least optimizing everything the vehicle could do on its own first, and then giving it that fuel. So even though you're going to experience better performance, it could be even better. 
So there's way more reward of doing it the, the right way or every part kind of fully, I guess, so to speak. Um, and that's what we help people do. And a lot of times these solutions that we're going to talk about, if we're doing bioidentical hormone replacement, of course, you're doing everything else. So yeah. it's just yeah. how, well, how much layers, how many layers do you need, I guess, to get to where you need to be? That's right. You're uh, I don't want to steal this from you because you're the master of analogies, but I think it's, I think it's appropriate now to talk, use this um, vehicle analogy and talk about your, your internal pit crew and how that's, yeah. how that helps our body recover. Yeah. So using that vehicle analogy, we'll tie in a couple of parts because um, when we sleep, that's like dropping your body off at, um, at a body shop, so to speak. So you have this pit crew that is tasked to work on your vehicle, your body throughout the night. Um, And that's why sleep, of course, the longer you get to sleep, the longer time your pit crew gets to work and think of the better quality of sleep is like better working conditions for your crew. Um, So what we put in for fuel, what we eat, that's kind of like the tools that we're giving that crew, what we're giving them to work with. So if you, you know, you're picking up that, uh, I don't know what some bodybuilding magazine title would be, but you know, the latest article, the episode of flex, um, and you want to be that guy on the front, you need to pull all these levers because that guy has a really good pit crew that he's giving plenty of sleep. So time to work on his body. He's giving them all of the right material and fuel, right? Meticulously making sure you're getting those right macros, exactly what he needs for um, all the repair to take place in his body. So if you're only doing the stimulus part, you're following that same workout, but nothing else, you're really stressed out. We're drinking a lot of alcohol. We are fueling your body with sugary sources that are just going to break down and you're not sleeping and recovering. You're really only allowing your pit crew to do a a bare minimum. So they're working in poor conditions. They have the minimum tools. They have to work on just putting out like general fires and nothing to advance you forward. So instead of advancing on this foundation every single time, just like in the gym, that first time you go, you don't get bigger just from that. That's creates some stimulus. And then you get used to the exercises. Then you can add more weights. So you really have to build with that over time. And if you don't give your pit crew what it needs, you can't build consistency. It's trying to keep you at baseline and keep you alive. Right. Giving your long story short, you want to optimize your hormones, get some sleep, go to bed. It's the easiest one. (laughs) It's the easiest one and get Good sleep. Listen to our, our podcast on sleep. We also have sleep guides on fixbodygroup.com. So you can learn how to maximize your sleep because uh, all these things that were taken as far as phytonutrients, supplements, maybe even uh, prescription drugs and um, prescribed testosterone or whatever it may be, there's all there's an expense associated with that. So if you're trying to save some shekels, <laughs> all you have to do is get good sleep to be able to not have yeah. to potentially take some supplements or, hor- um, or have hormone replacement therapy. And there's some really good hacks to get good sleep. Uh, so please resource those guides and podcasts so you can learn about that part. Yeah. To make it simple, it's like how we sleep. So ultimately how you recover, what you eat. So what you put in your body to fuel yourself 
And then what we do to, I should say, rehab or recover from any injuries that we have, because it doesn't all just go away with sleep. Sometimes we need some physical touch or intervention to change things. But if you can control really those three aspects, you're in a really good place. So how you sleep, how you recover, how you fuel. So um, let's talk. Can I uh, jump in on there? Because I think it's important is we're talking about sleep, but what do we do? What, how are we screwing ourselves up right before we go to bed? Let's not get into like so much like prepping for sleep, but the things that we're maybe adjusting right before we go to bed, that's screwing up this balance or our ability to recover and utilize our hormones optimally. Yeah. Um, And this is one that's uh, probably if you've looked this up, you know, how close should you eat before bed? Um, And that advice might come off like not attainable for you. Um, Both Sean and I work pretty long, busy schedules on some nights, you know, we're home later in the evening, having dinner four hours before bed probably isn't super realistic. And maybe other people have seen that that doesn't really fit in their schedule. Um, So kind of working backwards, we want to try to eat as far away from bedtime as we can. So just start with that as far as you can as possible. I think at least an hour is probably a pretty attainable buffer for most people. I think two is pretty reasonable, even if you get out of work kind of late. Um, So outside of that, of course, um, you know, rest and digest. That's what's happening when we sleep. It's okay for our body to be breaking down food, but we don't want to eat a lot of inflammatory food. So having that really, um, you know, not to pick on carbs, but if you're having unhealthy carbs or really sugary carbs before bed, those create inflammation. And now your pit crew is running around like little madmen and women with their little fire extinguishers, like, damn it, the car came in smoking again, like starting their day off shitty. And that is not what you want. So if you can have instead, um, you know, your pit crew, it's kind of like, food coming in into a warehouse that everything's well labeled and it just has to put it away where it goes. Like, Oh, Hey, here, we got a bunch of protein in tonight. We can use this for building muscles. That sounds good. And everyone's in a good mood. They have what they need. That's what we want. So yeah, I mean, super long winded way to answer your question. What you can do before bed to not mess it up is have a low inflammatory type of dinner. Um, Avoid sugars avoid processed foods, have good fat, good, healthy fats, your avocados, your good oils. Um, that being like an avocado oil, uh, extra virgin olive oil, and then getting, um, animal proteins. So, you know, your lean meats, your all organic, um, proteins. Your um, the biggest summary of that would be don't distract your pit crew. All right. So yes. when you're, let's say it's three hours before bedtime, we'll call it eight, we'll call it eight o'clock at night. Your choices from eight to 11, let's say you go to bed at 11, your choices from eight to 11 are distracting your pit crew to, to help your body recover for your health goals. And if you have these health goals and you're working in a wellness program or you want to get yourself better, um, just ask yourself, what am I doing within this three hour window that's distracting my pit crew to make me healthier? And are you going to, if you have a million dollar formula one car, whatever, the, whatever they cost, um, would you be feeding the pit crew right before they start working on that car, beers and donuts? I don't right. think that that would be the option that you'd be uh, choosing to help this crew have the energy to do their job. 
I mean, I feel like many of our listeners have potentially had a social event in their life where they partook in alcohol. And maybe this went on for a couple of days. And um, you can just imagine what your little pit crew was feeling like and how you maybe didn't just bounce back when Monday hit after a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of, you know, a wedding celebration or travel for a wedding or who knows what it is. But you very clearly know that your pit crew is kind of showing up to work pretty hungover, just had a lot of sugary food feel like they've been on a couple red eye flights, not really ready for Monday productivity. That's right. So you can really easily feel how that is. So every decision we make, just like you said, what are you doing to distract them? But every day, like what thought, what mental thought am I having that stressful that now is going to lead to me not getting as much sleep. So my pickers working less, right? What um, food am I eating? That's creating inflammation. So now they're working on something other than using the material I put in to repair things that I broke down, whether that be a workout where I'm creating the stimulus myself or from um, this daily living, you know, people uh, really discount what we do just in our job as um, that's a workout as well. If you're on your feet all the time, um, you know, moving around, or if you're a sedentary, that's a stress on your body that needs to be repaired. If you think about, if you put the math on it and um we'll make this real easy. So we have a couple more points that we want to get across across. If we um, let's say you have one drink at night and you say, you know, I only have one glass of wine at night, or I always have a snack before bed. That's my treat to myself. And you do that every single night. That's ultimately going to, your body's going to have to process that for a few hours before it can go back to that homeostasis or that balanced state for the pit crew to do their job. And so if you're diminishing an hour or two of hours of good sleep each night because of that choice, the compounding effect of that over a lifetime is remarkable for overall quality of life and health. And so when you think about that and how you're not allowing yourself to have the adequate adequate sleep because of those daily habits, you're choosing, that's a choice, uh, where now you've been educated to understand there's going to be consequences associated with that choice. Yeah. And um, alcohol is a big one. Snacks before bed are a big one. And those are things that if they're mitigated or that can be managed, we can really help our hormones do the jobs they're designed to do. Yep. Now our bodies are designed to work. We're not designed to sit around and do nothing. If we sit around and do nothing, we don't use our hormones the way they're designed, but our body still has to metabolize those hormones, which creates semi-toxic inflammatory environment because we have to eliminate those unused hormones now. And that's unfortunately what happens with uh, someone that's sedentary, uh, which is why fitness and exercise is really important. So we use our body the way it was designed to be used and we use our hormones the way it was there designed to be used. Let's speak on that a bit. Yeah. As far as increasing. So we've talked about a lot of things that decrease it. Um, when it comes to increasing the hormones, exercise is one of the number one things that you can do. Um, when we talk about what's called hit training or high intensity interval training, um, it's really popularized. That's a pretty comp, pretty similar to what most CrossFit workouts are like, um, where you're doing some high intensity workout followed by a short period of rest. Uh, when we do this, we see one of the biggest increases in testosterone that you can get in the body. So this creates a really big response. Um, 
So when you do that consistently versus someone who's sedentary all the time, that's a really different trajectory in your life. So um, this is definitely a factor, like you mentioned just before, where that compounding effect throughout your whole life of doing it, um, you know, getting these type of workouts in is huge. So that's when we say, you know, working out 10, 15 minutes, only three times a week, that can be a huge difference in your life because you're getting this big hormonal spike. Yeah. You're not burning a thousand calories or getting however many steps someone wants in this short workout, but what you're creating for your body and what you're providing for that pit grew consistently over time is going to win the race. And that's where you really have someone feeling, looking more youthful, getting all the benefits that we talked about in the beginning. That's right. doesn't have to be hard. We just have to identify with a proper coach, knowing what your fitness routine should be uh, for your body type and for maybe potentially your limitations. Uh, so it's different for everyone. And that's why coaching and mentoring is so important when going, when navigating a wellness journey, uh, because the, it can be a confusing path to take on your own. Mm-hmm. We have one more point that is um, really important to talk about. And it's some, one of those coverall things that people say, oh yeah, I know, I know, I know, uh, but they don't really know. And it's our job to help them understand it. And it comes down to stress because stress mm-hmm. comes in three forms. It comes in chemical uh, stress. It can become in physical stress, which example would be poor posture all day. Uh, and it can be uh, your mental, emotional stress and all those stresses on a daily basis will negatively affect hormones in your body. Mm-hmm. And uh, there has to be ways to manage those. And so let's talk about that for the next three to four minutes. Yeah, I think um, honestly, like mindset and stress and mitigating stress, because the fact of the matter is we're never going to eliminate stress in our body, but you can learn how to manage it. And you have to be willing to be a lifelong learner because there's always going to be new stresses. So you have to learn how to manage these in your life. And this is one of the most important things that we help clients with. It's one of the biggest pieces that people who've tried to make changes in the past don't have is the correct strategies to make these changes. So when we talk about stress and how this impacts you, everyone's familiar with that, the bad guy hormone, which is cortisol. Oh, my cortisol is high, too much cortisol. Um, And we hear that all the time. And it is true when we're stressed out, you have cortisol and why this is bad. It goes back to one of the very first things that I said, when we have too much excess weight to your excess fat tissue on our body that decreases our testosterone. Well, when you have increased cortisol, we have too much of that. You're not going to burn as much fat and you're also going to add more fat. So your body's not going to be using that fat as fuel. It's not going to be utilizing that pathway. So really a negative little feedback loop there. Um, Also, when we're stressed out, we're not going to sleep as well. So we're like dinging our pit crew there, right? What else typically happens when we're stressed out? We can all admit it. Probably less willpower on good food, healthy decisions, right? right? You're going to make the fast food decision. You know, you don't feel like cooking, not having the willpower for it. You just want to do something quick and easy. So a lot of negative feedback loops that all start with that mindset. And I'll, I think I have enough time for one more analogy. And if um, imagine if you were gifted, you know, your dream car, 
this uh, hyper expensive car, whether that's classic or brand new, and how you would care for that car. There's a lot of things you do with that that you maybe don't do your vehicle right now. Um, you know, cleaning the tires, checking all the gauges, all the numbers, doing taking it to get waxed, having your own little pit crew take care of it, interior, exterior, all that stuff. That's how you would treat it if you had that. But what's different about our body is we have the ability to change. So if you just start treating your body like you would that vehicle, it can adapt and continue to change piece by piece to get there. And what we're talking about today, we, we chose one hormone because hormones are so impactful and important. They're that messenger. We want people to start to understand kind of how these work, what, ha- what limits them and what you can do to make it better. Right. So just start treating your body by doing some of the things we said, you know, cleaning the, like the fuel you give it is what you put in, how you eat. So start to clean that up, start to rest better. It's like, Putting your vehicle in a garage with a cover, not out on the street, unlocked. Right. So start to do this piece by piece and we can see ourselves change. Uh, for listeners, they go to a fixbodygroup.com. Sam has uploaded uh, stress and slash anxiety guide. You can take a read there for more tr- uh, tricks and tips on how to manage and mitigate stress. But uh, I also want to talk about how chemical stress and uh, structural stress or physical stress can negatively affect us really quick. And uh, chemical stress, call it toxins in our environment, these will create an anxious state in our body. A physical stress in our body, let's say be stuck in a computer for eight hours in a poor posture, that creates an anxious, a subconscious anxious state in our body, mm-hmm. all inhibiting and hurting, for lack of a better word, the use of hormones in our body uh, and how our body utilizes these hormones and will negatively affect the quality of sleep we get. And once again, coming full circle, not allowing our pit crew to do their job. Yeah. Um, even further with that from the pit crew, if you're not in that stressed out state in your, in your um, wakeful hours, when you're at work, walking around, doing whatever, your pit crew can be working. It can be doing some things in your body. This doesn't only happen when we're sleeping, but if you're stressed out, your pit crew is not really working on anything productive. It's just putting out little fires. But for the most part, a lot of those fires kind of get pushed until you go to sleep. So it's like they're showing up doing additional work instead of a fresh start moving forward each time. That's right. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Well, let's have a takeaway for our listeners. Number one, how can our listeners get their hormones tested to see if they have issues? So it starts with a blood test. Um, we do one at the office. That's it's quite specific because it um, allows us to see what the next steps would be as far as hormone replacement. Um, short answer with a blood test. That's right. Um, but if they get in contact with us, we can get them set up. Even if you're not in Arizona or San Diego, we can get this drop ship to you. We can coordinate to find a provider in your area, depending on the type of service that you need to do, or I should say treatment. Um, one thing we didn't really discuss is if we're not doing, um, hormone replacement, something else that we do is either nutraceuticals or supplements. So some people just need a boost or some support for the glands or, um, for the, um, the area that produces the hormone. So there's other solutions outside of, uh, what we talked about. Yep. 
Thank you for sharing that. Uh, if you want more information, please go to fixbodygroup.com. Uh, we will get back to you. There is a survey you can take as well uh, for to fill out so you can see if there is a need for you to get blood work or to have a consultation. So uh, if you can find out if supplementation or hormone replacement therapy is appropriate for you. Uh, but Sam, once again, thank you for educating. My takeaway for this show is don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> Anything you want yeah. to say to end? Um, I think that's a great one. And I know we went over a lot of stuff. This is a lot to take in, you know, this is what we deal with every single day, but just think, is this distracting my pit crew? And how would you treat that luxury vehicle? Um, you know, it's as simple as that. Would you leave it out in the sun? What kind of fuel would you give it? How would you drive it? And um, just think about that for yourself. But talk to us if you need to get your hormones tested. If you have any of those symptoms that we talked about in the beginning, we can help you with this. And hormones are not the end-all, be-all answer. It's a huge part. But we can find out what's causing those issues for you. So give us a call. And my pleasure to be on, Sean. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate your time. See you next week. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed our show. If you did, please like and subscribe to stay tuned. See you next week on another episode of The Fix Podcast.